Welcome back to another Impactful Night of the Impact Education Leadership. This is episode 79. I'm your host, ID3 for Isaiah John III. Tonight's panelists are Donna Bryan and Renee Logan. Donna Bryan, please say hello to the people. Good evening, my brothers and sisters. How are you doing on this wonderful summer-like evening? I pray that all is well with you. And Renee Logan, please say hello to the people. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I say good evening to everyone that is going to be listening to this podcast. I pray God's blessings upon each and every one of you. And I pray that what we said will minister to you to get you into action. Thank you, Prophet Drone. Wow. Well, tonight's topic is one that brings us to tears. And that is enough. We are tired. What happened with Joyce Floyd and so many others through unpredictable events has left a stain on the American culture for much too long. Police nationwide have shot and killed almost the same number of people annually, nearly 1,000 since 2020 alone. Who is to blame? Is it probability theories or societal changes such as a fundamental shift in police culture or is it extreme restrictions on gun ownership? Interestingly enough, half of the people killed by police are white, but black Americans are fired at at a much more disproportionate rate. African Americans only account for less than 13% of the U.S. population, but are killed by police at much more than twice the rate of white Americans. Hispanic Americans are also killed by police at a disproportionate rate. People want to know why African Americans and other minority groups are still being persecuted even after the emancipation of proclamation and after the defeat of the Confederate Army at the Apothemus Courthouse in 1865. Even after World War II and the liberation of the world from the axis of evil, blacks returned to life as they knew it. African Americans who have fought in the war and were treated as equals in Europe and Japan were frustrated to return home to racism and segregation. This frustration led to a nationwide civil rights movement that shaped the next two decades of American culture. The theme for tonight is a sensitive one. We will discuss why we say enough. We are tired. First, we want to pull from our guest, Mr. Delna Blind. Mr. Delna Bryan, please say uh, how you're doing and what you're currently doing now. I am currently teaching middle school Spanish in Pleasant Grove in Texas in Dallas, Texas, at an all-boys school at Young Men's Leadership Academy. And these are the people, these are the young people that worry me every day because we do not know what is going on in the city and what these young men can face. We have to correct certain things. Thank you. Absolutely, we thank you. You know, before I ask you a question here, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, how do we keep, how we're keeping our, our children focused? Focused through this pandemic, focused through the social emotional traumas focused through the noise. 
how we, how we communicate how are we forming group communications tonight this discussion is definitely the beginning of a movement but this movement cannot be successful unless it's consistent this movement cannot be successful unless we have confidence that we draw from that we have constituents that we draw from and that we have comrades that will walk side by side shoulder to shoulder with us as we move forward in this discussion i was talking with you Ms. Brian about two weeks ago and you were telling me about something that you witnessed on the news something that you heard on NPR and the song that resonated with you when you saw the funeral of a certain young African American who just died not too long ago and the name was, and the name of the song was soon and very soon we are going to see the king and when you expressed to me what went through your veins what went through your mind what went through your psyche as you heard this song i knew i had to bring you on this podcast to talk about it. so my question when you heard that song soon and very soon we're going to see the king how did that song resonate in your spirit and how does it resonate in your spirit even today? All those of us who were brought up in the church, there are certain hymns that you will hear that will touch your heart. A week ago Tuesday, I was on my way to school listening to NPR, and they were talking about Andrew Brown's funeral, Andrew Brown Jr. funeral in North Carolina. The chords of the hymns, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. I just heard the chords and I knew the hymn. And the mass choir started singing, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. No more dying days, we're going to see the king. It was a punch in my stomach because I had been called before to do something and I was not listening. I am listening, I'm listening. I was called to speak to my sisters. I was called to speak to all the women in these young men's lives. I was called to speak to the mothers, the daughters, the godmothers, the grandmothers, the cousins, the mentors. I was later told, then you will bring, after the women have changed the narrative, you will bring men on board to support you. But I was called to speak to the women. When this impulse comes upon you, it's a heavy burden. It's placed on your heart. You must do it. The Lord will lift that weight away when the purpose is done. We have to honor our Lord. I was called to bother my sisters around the nation. I was called to bother my sisters in Washington, D.C. to make the necessary changes that needs to be made. How much more can we endure as mothers? Enough. We're tired. I was also called to speak to my Latin sisters 
Señoras, yo también estoy hablando a ustedes. Ustedes son madres. Ustedes son hermanas. Ustedes también, sus hijos están sufriendo. It's not only my young black brothers that are suffering. My brown brothers are suffering. Así que me dijeron que yo tenía que hablar con ustedes. We're putting borders aside. I am not Mexican or I'm Honduran or I'm Panamanian or I'm, no, we are putting borders aside and coming together as mothers, sisters, godmothers. Estamos dejando las fronteras. Ya no hay fronteras, señora. Estamos dejando la raza. Ya no hay raza. Somos madres. Somos comadres. Somos hijas. We have to come together as one. Tenemos que unirnos. And I was told to speak to you in both languages. We have to do something and we have to obey our Lord. We must surrender. We must talk to each other as sisters. Tenemos que hablarnos como hermanas. It's a challenge. It's a deep challenge that we're going to face. Those of you that are listening to my voice, wherever you're going to be listening to this podcast, if you know Delna Bryan, you know what I stand for. Si ustedes me conocen, en cualquier país que están escuchando esto, en cualquier estado de los Estados Unidos que están escuchando, si me conocen, Saben que es hora de unirnos. We have one family, and it's a human family. It's time to put aside our politics. It's time to put aside whether I'm Democrat, I'm Independent, I'm Republican, I'm whatever. No, these are my children suffering. These are my children being killed daily. In 2015, the Washington Post put out a log of the fatal shootings. You can go online and find it. More than 5,000 were killed. What was I doing? I was asleep. I was asleep. Ya no estoy dormida. Ya me desperté y es hora de llamar a todas las mujeres de todas las organizaciones, de todas partes de los Estados Unidos, desde el Pacífico al Atlántico, desde Norte a Sur. It's time to call on all women from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, the Caribbean, North-South, wherever we are, as women to call on you. I was flabbergasted. I was accustomed to names just passing by. Eric Garner, Mike Brown, Trevon Martin, Philando Castile. But then I started reading también hay nombres como Pedro Villanueva, Melissa Ventura en Arizona, Anthony Núñez en San José, California, Raúl Saavedra Vargas, Vincent Ramos. We are all suffering. Listen to the names. We're all related by blood. 
I also did some research. I was surprised. I went back to 2013. There were 18 Asians killed, 291 blacks, 170 Hispanics, four Native Americans. 2014, 16 Asians were killed, 277 blacks, 182 Hispanics, 10 Native Americans. 2015, 29 Asians, 305 African Americans were killed at the hands of police. 195 Hispanics, 13 Native Americans. And I can fast forward it to 2019. 17 Asians, 259 African Americans, 182 Hispanics, 13 Native Americans. Hice la investigación, señoras, con las cuales estoy hablando esta noche. Y regresé al 2015 a buscar cómo están matando a nuestros hijos. Como si fueran nada. La última cifra que di del 2019 eran 17 asiáticos, 259 morenos afroamericanos, 182 eran los nuestros hispanos. Solamente habían 13 que eran indígenas. What am I going to do to change that narrative? Esta narrativa tiene que cambiar. And everyone in the sound of my voice, I am appealing to you. If you feel something in your hearts, as women, as mothers, as grandmothers, as sisters, as aunts, as cousins, as godmothers, whatever you are, if there's something in your heart, hearing what I'm saying this evening, come join us and do something to change this narrative. Sir? Wow. Thank you for your transparency. I can literally feel your heart bleeding. You said 5,000 were killed. Those were 5,000 sons and daughters. And they were killed by what authority? By what authority were they killed? Yes, we have to forgive. Yes, we have to forgive. <laughs> but we do not have to forget. We're not calling the listeners together to wage war. That's not the purpose of this discussion. That's not the purpose of this movement. The purpose of this movement is, this is a love revival. <laughs> because love is and will always be the greatest fighter. Love will always be the greatest fighter in creation. Because love is power. There is a power of And we have to abide in God because God is love. And that's our golden rule. That is, that is the foundation of this movement. This is, this is going to be a peaceful movement. 
a movement of peace. By what authority? By the authority of love. We're stepping out. We're stepping out shoulder to shoulder. We're joining forces. We're joining communities. We are joining every tier. Doesn't matter if you are a doctor, a lawyer, a garbage man, a teacher, a janitor. It does not matter where your profession is because we all have children that are connected by the same vision and by the same. Ms. Brian, I want to thank you for starting this, starting this discussion off. I really want to thank you for that. Um, this is the impact of education leadership. But we can have no education, we can have no leadership <laughs> without talking about issues like this that affect our community. I want to bring on our next panelist tonight. I'm getting very emotional already. Um, Renee Logan, please say hello to the people and tell us now a little bit about what you do at Karen. Um, this is Elder Renee Logan, and good evening to everyone. And I'm really trying to fight back tears from um, Madam President because she has said very powerful, powerful things. And it does pretty much start with the women. But at this point right now, because of the pandemic, I've kind of slowed down on some things. I was hoping to be able to go back to Africa this year, but I'm not sure if that's going to be able to take place. Uh, but in the meantime, my heart has been for those that have been hurt in the church and don't want to come back because of it. They call the people hypocrites, male and females, and a lot of males. I'm finding uh, out more and more how much our brothers really love the Lord, but don't want to tolerate the things they've seen go on inside the building because people some people don't understand that the church is us and not the building where we go to worship and so i'm just i don't know when i read this to share a personal um it hit home because one of my dear sisters in christ Whenever we saw each other, we was always saying, how is your son? How is your son? We're praying for, I'm praying for your son. I'm praying for your son and just let's keep him lifted. And about a couple of years later, I was um, asked to be in a, on a program for a funeral for a young man. And I still hadn't figured it out. And I kept looking at the picture and I was like, for some reason, I think I know this child. I don't know this child. And when I seen the mother, I almost fainted. Because her son got killed by some foolishness. Not just the police, but by one of our own. And that hit hard. And then I have an adopted family here, not, you know, by paperwork, but because when I got to Texas, I was by myself. And so they pretty much pulled me in and adopted me that way. I was grown. But one of our cousins, her son got killed. The irony of it is they were both in public places. And as I watched the things take place with George Floyd and the young man, um, I'm gonna say T right now because I'm, I'm trying to not be emotional. But when I seen they killed, just bluntly murdered the little boy with a toy gun in the park. I thought about my own son and how I used to tell him, I just want to see you grow up. I just want to see you grow up. I don't need you doing getting involved in this or getting involved in that. I just want to see you grow up. And I tell you, mothers, sisters, grandmothers, aunts, godmothers, it does take prayer. It takes a lot of praying and fasting to help keep them close to the Lord. And I say that to say this. 
a lot of this is going on. When I was in Kenya, I asked who was the chosen, and I received my answer. Because I never could understand what was it about the African-American man that the Caucasian man was so afraid of, afraid of him being educated, afraid of him knowing who he was, afraid of a lot of things. And over time, I began to understand some of the realities of what really took place to our brothers back in slavery. We always want to condemn the, the Caucasian men that went in to get them, but we forget that they couldn't go into the jungles, into the tribal areas, because they didn't know their way around it. They knew, didn't know how to handle the jungle areas of Africa. So we sold each other out. And that's the breaking point right there. And now that we're coming into understanding, it's even more fear of us. And I still don't understand it because we're the most loving and forgiving group of people I've ever seen. We have our few that want to hold on to things, but that deterioration is both spiritual and physical. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword to divide because he wants to make sure that those that are for him and with him are really there. And I think the movie uh, Black Panther was awesome. I really think it was very awesome, but it broke my heart that they displayed idol worshiping in there. We're told by God himself, don't bring up the dead. Don't worship animals and different things. And so many people after that movie migrated away from Christ. And that was so disturbing to me. Galatians says, who bewitched you that you're now turning from the faith that we taught you? And as good as Black Panther movie was, the understanding that the intelligence of, of our people, and this includes the, uh, the Latino, Hispanic culture, this includes the Asian culture, that we would be so quick to walk away from the God that shed his blood for us. And so now it is time for the mothers and the sisters and the grandmothers, and yet it's like the police have now turned on us. God said in his word, when you sit around, teach the word. When you walk about, teach the word. When you get ready to go to bed, teach the word. He said, meditate. And so many of them have gotten away from that. I think of when my God brother got killed in the Watts riot back in the 60s, late 60s, sitting at a light behind a woman arguing with the police. We watched this go down on the news. What a way to find out that your brother is being shot to death because of bullets fi firing and flying everywhere. And now we got young men killing each other because of the music they're listening to. I have a book pack that's called Turmoil in the Toy Box. And another one about the music, how Satan takes the music and offbeats, offbeats the music off, offbeat of our heartbeat. And that's the luring, luring part of it. And yet I've prayed many years for actors and actresses and singers and all of them to come before the Lord and, and give their lives to God. And we see it happening. But our young ones, somehow we're losing them to the wrong thing. And I know it's time for us in our homes, we can put our plaques up, thou shall not, the Ten Commandments. We can put up posters that say, forgive and you shall be forgiven. It should be at the frontal of their eyelids before they walk out the door. We should be pleading the blood of Jesus over them and praying for God's angels to be dispatched. 
But a lot of us have gotten so busy trying to hurry up and get them dressed and ready for school or get things prepared and we've left them at home to themselves because we got to make the almighty dollar to take care of them and fathers running out just having babies and not thinking about the consequences of spreading seed everywhere and then having young men against their brothers because their father's not there with them but he's with the other family and the same thing for young girls and so my heart tonight is so disturbed at that fact it's very disturbed because I'm witnessing this very thing in my own family tree and I say to myself how can I make a difference how can I get to the hard heart that the ground can be plowed so that it'll be prepared for prepared soil for a good word to be planted and they've got to know that God didn't kill this person God didn't destroy that person they got to get the truth to them they have to and it's but we got to bring the word to them in a way that it will penetrate not just the outside but it's got to go deep within like if we're planting a seed in the ground for a tree to come up we got to dig deep but we got to clean that area out first so that that seed can go in there and be healthy and not choked out by the cares of this world and I wish I was multilingual bilingual or something because I would say my sisters Whatever you do, don't give up hope. Whatever you do, don't stop praying. Whatever you do, don't stop loving them, irregardless to what they're doing. Still love them. Still tell them that God loves them. And live a life before them that's not condemning by your words, but by loving them. For he says, by loving kindness that I draw. We may not like everything and how he plans it, but if we just be willing and obedient, there are so many things. Okay, we can eat the good of the land, but how many children will be reunited with their parents or with their siblings? How many of them will tear down walls of jealousy and frustration if we just live the life of the word and be a, be a light set upon, set upon it? heal so the city can be lit that's why Medeas are so important the matriarch the patriarch is even more important because he's the strength of the family and the enemy has been so manipulative in destroying our communities and especially the African American community that we have yet to get back to the father needs to be in the home. He needs to be a part of the family. It shouldn't be about a court demanding money but no visitation right. The Constitution needs to be rewritten, amended or something, so that freedom will be for everyone and not for a particular people. So that people will no longer have privileges because of the color of their skin. But the favor of God can rest on all of those who worship him. And I watch today and people say we're in the last days. These are just the signs of the beginning of the end days. Because it hasn't gotten wor worse like it's going to. So to my sisters and to my brother, to all that's listening to this podcast later, Hear Madam President's heart. Hear my heart. Hear Prophet Jerome's heart. We are crying out for the young people because that's the next generation coming up. If we can keep them out of the killing pool. We're not walking targets for anybody. We are a people that are here to help heal this land and not be destroyed because of love we have for the Lord 
and the forgiveness we have for everyone else. Thank you, Prophet Jerome. I appreciate this time. No, well, thank you. In this time, when you spoke, I heard so much caring. I really heard that attribute coming from you. As you described some of the experiences that you have with me and that you have absorbed. And let's face it, it's tedious. It's, yeah. it's so tedious trying to find peace through all of that killing, through all of those through all of those murders. But it's it's those core values that you you speak of. It's those those structures that you have been taught as a child, uh, coming up with uh, Medea. You know, there are different cultures listening podcast. Not all of them may know who Madea is, right? Yeah. But we know who Madea is because the core values that she taught us, the structure that she taught us, the transparency that she had when she wanted to be transparent, but you really didn't know what Madea had going on. But but when she presented herself to us, we saw yeah. a woman that was uh, full of virtue. A woman that was full of grace, a woman that commanded not only authority and respect, but obedience. I I, I don't even remember. I don't even remember talking back to my dear. And not that I was mm-hmm. scared that she would kill me. I just didn't want to let her down. And so it's this type of connection that you and Madam President spoke of which is just a small sample of this movement and where it's going and how it's going to shift uh, families it's going to shift neighborhoods it's going to shift schools it's going to shift even your peers the people that you talk to when they go back and hear this podcast right and it's going to encourage them that hey you know what we have an opportunity no, we have not an opportunity. We are obligated. We are obligated to get up and move out. Let me go back, and I want to thank you so much for what you, you've done and what you brought to this podcast, Elder Renee Logan. Let me go back to Delna. Brian, this is Brian. You know, this was your, this was your vision. But I want you to tell the listening audience, why are we saying enough we are tired? We are saying enough we are tired. Basta ya estamos cansadas. We see our young people, the future of our nation, the ones that are the future doctors, lawyers, scientists, astronauts, being taken away from us needlessly. We have to stop that rhetoric. We have to stop that now. Our young people seem to have a lot of anger, a lot of hate. Why? We might not know. Because they're experiencing, they're seeing things, they're hearing things in their music. That is not supposed to be. We have to change all that. We have to keep them prayed up. And we can do it as matriarchs, as mothers, as sisters, as grandmothers, godmothers. We can do it. 
because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We know that. We don't have to forget. Way back in 2015, I saw it for the first time. The 10 rules that we have to teach our kids how to survive, how to get home safely. This is something that we have to dust off and speak to the girls, the boys, all the races about. We do know that good things come to those who believe. Somos creyentes. Y buenas cosas nos están esperando. Better things will come to those who are patient. Tenemos paciencia. Como mujeres, hemos tenido paciencia. Pero basta ya. Es hora para un cambio. It's time for a change. Enough. We're tired. And we do know that the best things will come to those who have faith, who don't give up. Tenemos que tener esperanza, tenemos que tener fe, que el Señor nos va a guiar por todo esto que está pasando. There might be a whispering in your heart. Algo le está murmurando en su corazón. Time to come together, unite. Get involved. Save our children. Enough. We're tired. We will not endure this anymore. We have had change going to come at George Floyd's funeral, but we also have those hymns. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary will never lose its power. And he will give us the strength to see all of this through. La sangre que el Señor derramó en el Calvario nos va a fortalecer para luchar, para salvar a nuestros hijos. Please know that this is all done in love. It is all done in peace. It is all done in harmony. Todo esto se hará con amor, con paz, con armonía. And on that, I turn it back over to you, sir. I think I want to do something special tonight that we haven't done. And that is, end with a prayer. End with a prayer for all our young people. Gracious Father, we are so humbled by your presence, not only in our homes tonight, but all over this globe. And we want to ask you for forgiveness for all of our sins, Father God, those we know of and those we don't those of procrastination and, and those of half-doing. And not only that, we know that you hear and answer prayers, so we ask that you see us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we honor you on tonight because we know that this is a subject that is very deep, dear and deep to your heart. And we come on this evening, Father, lifting up our young all over this globe. It doesn't matter what nationality or culture. For you say every soul is yours and it's not your desire that any should be lost. 
So we come lifting up families and single parents, Father, not just single mothers, but there are men raising children by themselves also. And so we come lifting them up, Father God, asking that you continue to pour your strength into them and increase their faith, God, and increase their hope, oh God, for their children. Because, Lord, they're losing hope as they open the door to see their children leave to go to school even their young adults to go to college or even to step out to go to work and praying and believing that they'll return home. And so, Father, on this evening, God, you've told us over and over and over many times, it's with loving kindness that I draw. And so, Father, I pray that all of us, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, godmothers, godfathers, begin to allow that love that you've poured into us to permeate so much so that it'll begin to draw our young people back to you, Father. That we will not be hindered by culture or complexion, Father, or quietness, that we will not share the love of Christ to these young people. That we won't be afraid to teach them the Ten Commandments, Father that we won't be afraid to teach them about you and the miracles you've done, but that we'll have an open heart and open arms like you have daily for us, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that you'll bless Madam President and Prophet Jerome in such a way, Father, because they're working with our youth right now. And Father, you said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I pray for more laborers that have that are God fearing laborers that have are uh, that are God hearted, which means that the the love of God permeates so. We come against every every tragedy, Father God, that hasn't happened yet. We come against every ungodly spirit, God. We come against even the works of the enemy through our legal system, Father God. We pray for change like never before. Father, I pray that our youth begin to have more interest in politics, Father God, that they'll be the ones to turn it around, that they'll have more interest in the legal system in order to turn it around, that they'll have more interest in the educational system, that they'll turn it around that they'll have more interest in the financial area so that they be able to turn it around. For Father, I know that you planted seed in each and every one of them, Father God. Lord, because you said you knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. And so I believe it and I trust you and I trust your word. So I thank you for even every unborn child, Father God, on tonight. I thank you for the mothers that know in their heart they're not strong enough at this point to raise a child and will give the child up for adoption and that you will put them in the right home, in the right place, God, just like you did Moses, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you that peace will begin to settle in communities, that the blacks and the, the Hispanics, Father God, and the Asians will come together, Father God. That they will lay down their arms, God, Father God, and grab each other and help bring peace in each other's communities. And that we will become brothers and sisters that you called us to be from the very beginning. Lord, that the mother that's going to hear bad news tonight, I pray for peace and comfort like never before. I pray for the parents and the single parents that have children with with diseases that can't be cured, God, and have their children for short periods of time. Pour your love into them, Father, as they go through this process. But most of all, I pray for a revival, oh God, in the earth. Just like you had the Holy Spirit brooding over the earth in the beginning, I pray for that same brooding to take place that will draw all of us, Father God, from the oldest to the youngest, to the unborn, Father, to you, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah. And that they'll turn back to you. For you said you'll cause the hearts of the children to turn back to the Father. And the Father's heart to turn back to the children. And that we'll turn back to you. So we thank you in advance for the victory, God. 
We ask that you comfort every family, oh God, that has lost someone due to police brutality, Father. But we pray for salvation and deliverance for those that are causing the brutality, Father, for they don't know you, Lord God. And we pray that somehow, some way, that there'll be a breakthrough in their lives and they'll begin to see God in people instead of thinking that they're the God themselves. I pray for every student, Father God, to be able to have a heart of learning like never before. And what has become difficult, Father God, in the past will no longer be difficult. That they'll comprehend their education like never before. That they'll take on math like it's engineering and they're building a home. That they'll take on English in such a way that they'll be able to stand before kings and others, Father God, with eloquent speech and yet speak to the lowest of those around. I thank you, Father God, for your blood covering them, O oh God, as we cry out in their behalf, knowing that you hear our prayers and don't allow our words to fall to the ground. Strengthen those that are in the education field that are there for the reality, God, and not the money. Thank you for those that come out of their pockets to make sure that their, their students have what they don't have at home. Thank you for the, the teachers that love on the students so that the students are hungry to come back for they know that someone cares. Deliver the parents that are so strung out that they don't know if the child is home or not, Father God. Stop the sex trafficking and the human trafficking, Father God, through our work through prayer, Father, so that people won't have to worry so about their child. And so, Father, we thank you in advance for you hearing and answering our prayers. For we begin to see a turnaround, a revival in the lives of our young people. Oh God, in every culture, Father God, that we come together as one, as you planned it to be from the beginning. And it's in Jesus' name we declare it to be so, and so shall it be. Amen and amen. 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 Amen.